You're listening to the Team Guru Podcast, bringing to life the theory and principles of leadership. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Team Guru Podcast. My name's David Frizzell and my guest in this episode is Renee Giarusso. Renee is the author of a couple of books. Her latest is called The Gift Mindset. So what is The Gift Mindset? Why is it so important? And what are the keys to working it out in our life? She's right here to tell us all about it. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Renee Giarusso. Renee Giarusso, welcome to the Team Guru Podcast. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Renee, you are the author of two books, I believe, and your most recent book is called Gift Mindset, Unwrap the 12 Gifts to Lead and Live a Life of Purpose, Connection and Contribution. Sounds fabulous. Now, as you and I just talked about before we hit record, we won't go through the 12 gifts, one to 12. That probably doesn't make for a great podcast episode, but it certainly might lead people to your book. But in the questions that I do ask you, I'm pretty sure you'll stumble across some of those anyway. And and I'll ask you at some point, the, the top ones, the ones that appeal to most of your readers and most of the people that you work with. But first of all, tell me about the process of writing the book. Do you enjoy that process? Yeah, yeah, I, I do, David. I Since I was a child, I've I've got boxes of these little, I probably would never release them, little books I've written. And I just, you know, I was always going to write the book in 2020 and with COVID, you know, the gift in that was I spent 16 weekends Time. putting it all together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I had a lot of material and I've had thinking around this concept for probably, you know, consciously for probably three or four years. Yeah. And I just created a writing habit. I'm pretty disciplined and a word count that I would get done on a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah. And got to release the book in, in you know, March this year, 2021. Well, congratulations. Now, Thank The you. Gift Mindset, it's a, it's a really intriguing title. I think we can tell a lot from it by just those few words. But tell me in your words, as someone who talks about it a lot and runs sessions and workshops and programs and has written the book, what is The Gift Mindset? Yeah, The, the Gift Mindset's a key trait of any limitless leader, as I say, and it's all about embracing the challenging and positive experiences we encounter and stepping back and unwrapping the gift in each of those. I think, you know, we get so caught up in the doing of life in and out of the workplace. We go through, you know, adversity, we face challenges, we have successes. And a lot of the time, what I was seeing, including in my life, you know, things just get swept under the rug and we keep moving on and adopting a gift mindset, and there's a process to it, but it really helps you, I guess, use those lessons to progress yourself forward and also, and even bigger in the workplace, share them. Because I think sometimes the things we go through and get us through could be a survival guide for someone else. You know, as you were talking then, you you defined the gift mindset really nicely, embracing the challenging and positive situations. I was about to say, I guess we kind of ignore the challenging ones. We just get through it and move on. But then I kind of realized that in a really busy world and you know we're all busy for different reasons, I'm certainly a very busy chap. I have three young kids and a full-time gig and, and this podcast and a whole bunch of other stuff. I reckon that we even 
fail to embrace the positive stuff. I, I, my, my reflex was to say that we don't embrace the challenging stuff, but I reckon mm. a lot of us are too busy to even embrace the positive stuff. Is that true? That's spot on. And, you know, I'd written a third of the book and it was all about embracing the challenging things and I actually had something happen in a company where they were sort of saying, you know, our team's great but I don't want to share it with the rest of the organisation. It's sort of our secret weapon. Right. And that's when I thought, wow, sometimes we hide the successes, you know, we think about hiding them consciously or, as you just said, we get caught up in the doing and we achieve things and we just move on when we really could be helping others achieve those things, especially in a leadership role, but in life in general. So I started the book again, David. I went back and went, you know what? There's two sides to this coin. It's, you know, successes and it's challenges and hidden. Sometimes they're hidden. Sometimes they're in the past. Sometimes they're right under our noses. They're the hardest ones to sometimes see the gift in. So it's really saying to yourself, you know, what have I been through? What have I achieved through the heartache, through the adversity or you know, had it quite easy and had a success. But as you know, most successes, there's so much hard work and there's so many mistakes behind that. And I, I just really think the the gift mindset is the portal, you know, to connection, to contribution. And, you know, analysts have been showing that, you know, Fortune 500 companies combined are losing up to $31 billion a year in ideas and lessons not being shared. Jeez, I love that phrase. Gift mm. mindset is the portal to. I, I was just. I was about to write it down, and then I forgot what it was. The portal to. Now I've got to remember it. <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> I think it was the portal to success. Now our, lead, our, our listeners will know because they can rewind. But I loved it as you said it. That that idea. It's a portal, a window into a more fulfilling life. And it doesn't matter whether it's the word success or whatever else you might have used. That's the concept, and it's really powerful. Hey, as you were talking about that, and I know we're going to circle this back to leadership, of course, this is a leadership podcast, but I can't help but think about that through the lens of a parent in a really busy world, all the fabulous things that happen with kids amongst all of the not doing the things that you ask them and not going to bed and not brushing their teeth and the challenges, but there's a million amazing things that happen, a million beautiful interactions, whether it's between me and one of my kids or between the kids amongst each other, all of those really wonderful things. If you are not conscious of slowing down and noticing them, you can just let them slip by. And, oh. and that's a shame. And even just having this very, the, the very beginning of our conversation has reminded me to do that. So you've already done something for me, Renee. Oh, that's awesome. And you're right. This, this message is for, I wrote this book and you know, have worked on this concept for obviously for leaders, but the reach is broad. It's mums and dads, it's children. I've actually had clients, teenagers read the book and have said, wow, that helped me understand optimism or that's really helped me become more resilient. And you're right. It applies. I think we're all leaders. We're all leaders. I always say we're leaders of self, sometimes leaders of others. And a lot of the time, leaders and influencers of decisions, you know, around us. So having this mindset and adopting this mindset that's all, it's accessible to all of us, but there's obviously things that get in the way of it as with anything. And I think barriers are the enemy to success. And I'm, David, I'm an off the charts optimist. I booked to go overseas in April last year <laughs> because I thought COVID 
good finish. So, you know, I'm very mindful that we do have to stop sometimes and look at the barriers so that we're aware of them so we can move through them. All right. This adopting the gift mindset, we're going to talk about that process really soon. And obviously, we're going to loop it really directly to being a leader. But I'm intrigued, Renee, how this became so important in your life. How did you land on this concept of gift mindset so powerfully that you just had to write a book about it? Yeah, I lived this a long time ago without realizing what it is. And I lost it. I'm happy to share this. And I write about this in the book. Mm. I lost my father when I was 23 years old. So he was actually the age I am now, so close to 50. And I'd been working overseas and I came back and had always had a zest for life, but I just couldn't make sense of his death. It was sudden. It was, you know, you go into overdrive to deal with it. I got a big corporate job. I, I moved. I did all these things. And I just remember I had almost, it was like a, a light flicked on in me around, you've now got to live for your dad. You've got to make the most of everything. And he was, David, I think you would have loved him. He was an entrepreneur in the 70s in Melbourne. When it, was, it wasn't fashionable yet to be an entrepreneur. No, no. I think my mum used to tell him that. <laughs> but he was in the rag trade and media and all those sorts of things, had had the first brick mobile phone that, you know, yeah. was connected to the car boot and all that <laughs> sort of thing. But he, what I learned from that, and I remember waking up and going, I'm not sugarcoating this. This is the worst thing that could happen. But I owe it to him to look at what I can learn from this. And it took me into a space of always being in gratitude and has led me on my lifelong quest to grow others and grow through others. And that is probably my first real gift, I, I guess. And and then the term, the actual words, gift mindset, just came out in the middle of a workshop sort of three years ago. I said, there's a gift in everything. You've just got to be willing to unwrap it and, you know, not hide it. And I really do believe, David, gifts are a bit like the game Pass the Parcel. Yeah. You know, the British game, you, you know, for those listening that might not know it, it's it's a British party game where you pass a gift around and when the music stops you take a layer of paper off and you might get a chocolate or you might get a plastic spider. You never know what you're going to get. And I think our gifts come from challenging situations and people and also positive situations and people. So I just really see that in everything and I've always had this mindset without sort of realising it and I think it drives some people nuts but I think a lot of people always go, yeah, there is always something in things. So it's just being aware, you know, and making that time to accept what it is and flip it from an event to an experience, I say. So embracing challenging and positive situations. You tell the story very well here about your father. You, you told it really well in your book and there was it was even a little more dramatic than that. You had a big job interview the next day that you'd been preparing for for a long time and you, know, you built that tension really nicely in the book. But it does occur to me, even as you tell it now, that while you identify that as a turning point in your life, is it perhaps just as likely that you were ready to receive or you were ready to let that kind of thinking blossom anyway? And you were the sort of person who may have found that no matter whether it was your dad when you were in your early 20s or something different that happened in your life 
I'm thinking it, it almost lay within you just waiting to be drawn out and articulated. That's so true, David. I think a lot of things happened growing up and I think I think you're right. It was was and I think it's in all of us and that's what excites me. It was there, but something as major of, as that had to happen for it to surface. And I sort of talk about, you know, untying the gift, opening it, unwrapping it, revealing it, and then living it. And I think that was sort of the a milestone and you know, we all have, and everyone listening out there, we all have things that come at us. You know, it might not be us directly. It could be my younger sister's battling breast cancer. And, you know, through COVID, I had one down day and our business was on the line. I'm very open about it. We lost 90% of our business last April. I'm known, you know, on a stage, face-to-face, high energy. And I think I had half a day where I was like, you know what, I've got my health. I've got what people need. I just need to shift how I do that. And I came out of it the other end and it wasn't easy, but I did. And now that's really another layer that I think will serve myself and, and those around me really well moving forward. But I think you're right. I think it is in all of us, but it, it'll be different for everyone as far as when that sort of emerges from you. Without trying to summarise it too crudely, The idea of embracing challenging and positive situations is really thinking positively, being a positive person. And we all know we can identify people in our lives who are positive, and we can all identify people in our lives who seem to be negative, who seem to take the negative out of any given situation, and their glass is half full. So I guess we're leading into the adopting process, the process of adopting the gift mindset. And I'm particularly interested in those for whom it doesn't come naturally, people that we might describe as glass half full types. How do you work with those people specifically to get them to adopt the gift mindset? Yeah, it's a great question. I believe it is positivity that can get us sort of up, you know, in an upward trajectory, but it's more than that. I think positivity to me is about today. Optimism is about that hope for the future mm. and that things will work out for the end in the end. And I think we go from being sort of pessimistic to realistic. Now, David, I have a thing I make words up, positivistic <laughs> to optimistic. And you're right, I was working with someone only last week that was just like, I just can't see, you know, the forest through the trees. I just cannot see it. And that's where I think you've really got to step back in your awareness and create the space yourself. No one can tell you when or how to do that, especially, you know, when something comes to us that we don't expect. But I always believe a key part of that, and I coach through this and mentor groups through this, is accepting to help not hinder you. So, you know, a typical example is someone in a job that they don't you know, I'm a big believer, do what you're good at that you enjoy, not just what you're good at. There's a big difference. And there's a lot of people that do what they're good at, but they're not happy and they stay in a role. You know, we find them around the water cooler, whinging. They usually attract other people in the same situation. And, you know, I always I always say, you know, you can you can accept this to hinder you and stay here and live in this fog, or you can accept this to help you and look for it. A new role. Mm. So that's a sort of practical way of flipping it. When something's happening and you know this, you know, under your nose and you're going through something pretty tough and you're doing the 
I call it awfulizing in a dialogue that's not serving you. You know, you need to be around people that are going to support you and lift you up and and that's why this mindset isn't just about the person, it's about the person sharing to help people like, you know, the people that you're talking about. Do you want team and leadership development programs that actually work? Contact Team Guru today so we can start the conversation. So when you think about the process of adopting the gift mindset, what are the steps? What are the stages that you work through with people? Yeah, there's, there's, we've got a few different ways we do it, but it really comes down to awareness, acceptance and, acceptance and action. They're the three main. So awareness is taking a step back and making self-reflective time, and it's something people don't do, and a lot of companies, as you know, don't mm. do it. They see it as a bit self-indulgent. So really raising your awareness around what happened, how did that make me feel, what did I learn from that? What are my beliefs around that that are going to serve me to move forward? And then, you know, it's around acceptance. That's a big thing for me, acceptance. I think when we're in acceptance, we have self-compassion. You know, a lot of us have compassion for others, but this brings in self-compassion. And when we accept it is what it is, you know, I believe everything happens for a lesson, not necessarily a reason, but a lesson. And then once we sit within that, we don't want to go to attention in. I want people to go attention out and go, how could these lessons help somebody else? How could these lessons help my children, my partner, my friend, my team, my manager? And then we action those lessons. Throughout the book, we have a process called GIFT, G-I-F-T, and that that's our acronym where we unwrap the gifts, which G is just simply growth. What have I grown from? And, you know, you can go deep into that. You know, I's really around how's that impacted me? What have I learned? So the G and the I are really about the individual. And then the F is facilitation. How can I facilitate these lessons and the T's about transform? So there's quite a few ways, but the first thing I say to anybody is to get a journal out or whatever works for you and have a think about, What's something maybe I've been through in the past that I haven't unwrapped and really, really, you know, deep delved into? What's something happening now? And then go from there. So you talked about awareness, acceptance and action. Mm. That's a really nice, clean process. Mm. And awareness is is extracting lessons from a situation. Acceptance is about self-compassion because you believe that everything happens for a lesson, not, not just for a reason. And and you you ask people to think about how they can use this lesson to help someone else. Tell us about yep. the action bit. Those first yep. two are hard enough. They're taking time to think about mm-hmm. it, taking time to be aware of the things that are going on around you, which are impacting, which, which sounds silly, but of course we do fly through life not fully aware of the things that are having an impact on us. Mm-hmm. Those first two steps are hard enough, but I'm guessing yep. taking action can be the hardest step of all. It can be. And the first thing I always say is to action it for yourself first. So what have I learned that I can bring into my day-to-day? What have I learned that can help me get through something I've already been through before? And, you know, anything we've been through before, we can go through again. We're wired for that. The action is also about, you know, I don't want to go too deep into it, but I do a lot around, you know, head, head set, heart set, gut set, you know, and around tapping into what you're thinking tapping into what your heart's telling you, 
and tapping into your intuition and your instinct. And I think once you know that for you, then you can go and action it with other people. So in a work sense, David, because there's a lot of ways we can do it, I've got companies doing Win Wednesdays. So people share a win they've had, but not, hey, I achieved this. It's, hey, I got to this, but this is what I went through. These are the mistakes I made, but this is what helped me overcome that. And companies that are doing these Win Wednesdays and even Failure Fridays where they talk about mistakes they've made and what they've learned, leaders are sort of and and peers are being open to help people and support people move beyond these mistakes, which, you know, I think it's just the future of, of where people need to go because it creates connection, collaboration, it sort of flattens a hierarchy almost that we're all human. It humanizes leadership and it gives, I guess, I got asked the other day the three things I think future leaders need to be and it's adaptable, innovative and collaborative. And I think it feeds into all of those which are interrelated. I really love those idea of of the win Wednesdays or failure Fridays because you're mm. so right to point out that in a lot of organizations, people – well, the culture dictates that people get around the place pretending that they haven't made any mistakes. And we all know that that's not true. We all know that <laughs> we personally have made lots of mistakes. But if the culture says, don't talk about it, then oh. it creates a whole bunch of knock-on effects, not least of which we can't share the lessons that we've learned through the mistakes that we've made. And and that's a crying shame. I, I was about to ask you about how this how this points directly to leadership or how leadership can extract the lessons of a gift mindset. Is this the number one lesson that we can learn in leadership is opening conversations like that at work so we can learn from each other and have a little bit of humility and you know it would how powerful to have the senior leaders talking about the mistakes they made not 20 years ago when they were young and they can be detached from it, but yesterday while we knew them, while they were our boss, they made a mistake. That's a really powerful thing. Spot on. I, I had a manager many years ago and I was in a big FMCG company for 12 years and he actually opened up to me about not being good at a particular thing that I thought he was amazing at, you know. Numbers, if I remember correctly from your book. Yes. Ah, see, I was testing you there. Well <laughs> done. <laughs> and to this day, it really changed the way I led and, and I was open and you know, we're all going to get them. I call them the Chris Kringle managers. You know, you ask for perfume and you get socks. <laughs> so I think some managers are the gift that keep giving. You know, I, I'm very, you know, happy to say and lucky to say I only had one or two leaders that weren't great. But I remember looking back going, you know what, I'm going to write down everything they do that I don't like and flip that. So It's really powerful. Yeah, it's just about being open and honest. And I love what you just said about, you know, not saying, oh, when I was, you know, 21 in my yeah. first job, I stuffed yeah. up because you're right, that's not. But sharing and sharing, I believe, creates connection. It gets other people to share. It helps people shine. It helps people feel that they've got an open forum and that psychological safety in a good way. Mm. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, before the call, the barriers that get in the way. There's seven barriers and one of the key barriers in the workplace is a workplace culture that is just transactional and performance-based that stifles this, this connection. And if that's the only company you've ever been in, in a culture that doesn't 
you know, foster open conversation, give you the what and not the how, let you be empowered to do things, then you're not going to know any different. Mm. And that's my job now is, is, you know, I work with a lot of amazing, you know, mid-tier companies that are all over this, but not all are yet, you know, and that's my job is to get in there and create easy, hassle-free forums that don't take up five hours a day to be able to just create these open lines of communication and sharing. So the gift mindset is all about embracing challenging and positive situations. And I know I've said it a few times, but it's just such a lovely phrase. It's so clear and powerful. You anticipated my next question. I was going to ask about the barriers to adopting a gift mindset. I understand the process. That's very clear. And you mentioned there are seven barriers, one of which is a transactional workplace culture. What are the other barriers? Yeah. So another one is suppressed gifts. I think sometimes we suppress things maybe, you know, because of one of the biggest challenges I'm sure you see as well, which is people are time poor. Mm. So suppression of gifts. So not taking that time to really even look back. I'm I'm talking even two years ago and saying, wow, I achieved something pretty amazing and I just moved on because we we are, we're living in that culture. Cracking pace. Yeah. And, you know, you're only as good as your last thing. Let's keep going and not celebrate success. So suppression is one. Judgment from others is one we've had a lot of feedback from, you know, a lot of people that have said, Renee, I have these great wins, but I feel like I'm gloating and being self-indulgent sharing them. And I really relate to that. My book didn't have any personal stories when I first wrote it. Mm. And then the editor knew me and said, Renee, come on, you're going to take three client stories out and put three personal stories in. And it wasn't from lack of confrontation or dealing with things. I felt self-indulgent. I thought yes, that's what's been, I think, what's woven sort of the magic into the book. So judgment from others. Using success as a secret weapon has been another one that's come up. So people hiding certain people or resources or even, you know, team success because they want to have the best team. It's not always done intentionally with malice, but I I have seen it, you know, in 15 years running my business, I've had leaders say, you know, we're the model team, we're the super team. That's, we've done that. Why should we share it? Mm, Interesting. There's a whole theory about that, uh, the tribal leadership idea. I yes. think the guy's named Dave Logan. And that, yep. that idea that a lot of people get stuck at that I'm great and you're not stage, and that can include your team. We're great and you're not. And it's a point of growth to go beyond that and totally. reach another level of maturity that says, as a leader, we're great and other parts of the organization are struggling, so we're going to help them. We're not going to keep it to ourselves and stay great and make sure you stay not great. We're going to rise to the challenge, rise to the next level of maturity and help make the organization great. So that's really interesting that you landed on that. I I always think of that tribal leadership model. Yeah, and that's a great model and it's a really good reference point, you know, if anyone out there is, you know, feeling that or, or being part of that. And I think... You know, it's not like I said, it's not always done with malice. It is mm. sometimes, but that you're one team at the end of the day. And I think that comparinitis comes in. And I write about that in the book. And, you know, people comparing their team to a team that might be well formed and, mm. you know, comparison. I, I wrote an article re- recently comparison is a killer. No one is you. And that's one thing that's really, you know, it's easy to do the comparison thing. I did it a few years ago. And I remember someone said, 
wouldn't matter, Renee, if someone ran your IP, no one is you. Yeah. And that's something for everyone listening to remember that doesn't matter what you're doing. It's you have your own unique special source, you have your own, you know, charisma, your own traits, you know, your own essence. Distractions are another one which we spend a bit on in the book, you know, and you'd know this, David. We've never been more connected yet yet disconnected. Mm. You know, social media technology is amazing. I love it, but it does have a downside. Mm. And there's a lot of things that are distracting us from really looking inwards. So too much attention out, not enough attention in, which leads to the last two, which is, you know, low self-awareness and lack of time and headspace. So not making the time or making the time, but it's just monkey mind chatter, you know, and not being aware and having that high emotional intelligence. These barriers, I really feel I haven't had anyone not have at least four of these seven oh, wow, in some really? way. Yeah. Yeah. We do a bit of a, got a bit of a diagnostic on it and it might not be them. It could be the company, you know, the organization they're in. But what I love about it is, you know, all of those we have control to influence. That you've really brought that to life and, and added a bunch more dimensions <laughs> because my first response to your concept was, oh, this is great. You know, the positive thinking mindset was in you when it just came out when you were in your early 20s. You were able to put labels on it. But the barriers are for those who think negatively, glasses half empty. Mm. But you've just identified a whole bunch of nuanced reasons that people might not be able to adopt this. And as you say, You've never met someone who has fewer than four of these. And, and I look at some of these barriers and know that I tend towards the dark side on on some of them. So that really does add a whole bunch more to your whole concept around gift mindset. Now, Renee, we're quickly running out of time as you entertain me so thoroughly. <laughs> if someone's listening to that and they've, they've bought into the whole concept, it really appeals to them. They get it. They can see the value. What are the top few tips? Give us three or five tips that, that you want people to remember tomorrow when they go back into their busy life, their busy office, their busy job, but have this little part in their brain that's reminding them of this really powerful concept you've shared with them. What are the top few tips you'd like to give people? Wow. Okay. Because I mentioned earlier that when we do adopt this mindset, our gifts, our lessons can fall into 12 sort of key buckets like optimism and growth and resilience and gratitude. And the irony is all of these gifts actually help us live a gift mindset. So I think the first one, and there's been a theme, is make the time for self-reflection. Don't look at it as indulgent and you need three hours lying in a cocoon chair in your backyard. It could be in the car. It could be on a walk. But just think about something that you've been through, negative or positive. What did you learn? So that's probably that would probably be my first one. Great. Raise your self-awareness in a way that serves you. So one of the gifts is a gift of gratitude. So being in gratitude helps us focus on we do what we do have, not what we don't. So I'm a big believer in having a progress or a gratitude journal, and that can help you really, really look at, you know, what some of those main gifts have been for you. Hey, Renee, that reminds me of a quote I read in your book that I'm not going to be able to find in a hurry. It's it's all about the idea if you, if you want to live a life of frustration or, or, or discontent, be envious. It was essentially yes. the quote. I can't remember exactly. Can you remember what it was? It was fabulous. Not off the top. You're testing me now. Yeah, that's, not I'm, off that's, the top I'm getting you of back. My head. You've got the gist of that there, though. It's 
it's jealously protect your time to unwrap your gifts. I think that's a big one. Another one is that person that's difficult in your life right now, and it could be family member, could be a boss, could be someone in your team. I'd love you to just step back and go, what can I learn from them and what value can I add to them? And a big one, David, we've talked about, you know, doing is one thing, share your lessons, find a forum if you've got a team. It could be as simple as we ran, you know, having a catch up and saying, guys, I just want everyone to share one challenge they've had and what helped them get through it, whether it worked out or not, what helped you to get through it and share that. And then people open up, you can cork board it, you can do a virtual board and share that. But above all, my biggest tip is every experience, situation and person has a gift to offer if we're open to unwrapping it. That's fantastic advice to finish on. Renee, thank you so much for coming on the Team Guru podcast. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. And that was Renee Giarusso. I love that clear definition of the gift mindset, embracing challenging and positive situations. And what about those fantastic tips to help us adopt the gift mindset? Number one, make time for self-reflection. Number two, raise your self-awareness in a way that serves you. Number three, jealously protect time to unwrap gifts. Number four, think about a difficult person in your life. Take a step back and ask yourself, what can I learn from that person? And number five, share your challenges with people who might benefit. As always, I'll share the lessons I took from my conversation with Renee on the Lessons Learned page for this podcast. You'll find it along with the entire back catalogue of Team Guru podcasts on our website. That's teamswithans.guru forward slash podcast. Connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, or LinkedIn, and join me for the next episode on this, my mission to bring to life the theory and principles of leadership. This is David Frizzell for Team Guru. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.